Hey, this is Last Coffee House, and we are, since we had a super depressing book recently, we had a quick trip into Disneyland with the two Winnie the Poohs and Tarzan, and now we're back to just an easy-to-digest fiction book. <laughs> So today is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Of course, this is the book that Blade Runner and the sequel Blade Runner 2049 are based on, at least one of which is the cultiest of cult classics, one movie that I love to death. So Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? It was written by Philip K. Dick, one of the great science fiction authors in history, and that guy has some incredible ideas when it comes to science fiction. It was published in 1968, and what's the setting? What What is the content? It's set in 1992, in the earliest editions, and it's in San Francisco. It's got Rick Deckard, great name, and he's a bounty hunter. They didn't have the name Blade Runner for purposes of the novel. From what I was reading, it seems like it's set in 2021 in later editions, so next year. Next year, we've got all this stuff coming. And all of the really cool ideas actually come from the book that ended up in the movie except for the punk style like the punk style was all Ridley Scott and the set designer and production designer and all that stuff and the costume person but the cool stuff the cool story stuff comes from this book so like Mars is a big part of the setting that's where they make the androids and one of the issues is that the androids escape Mars and end up on Earth so that's why you need bounty hunters to go chase them around uh, the androids instead of being you know like generic robots or something like that they are very humanoid which offers a unique perspective on the story uh, so you need these tests and at one point in the book one person uh, Rachel was talking about how they can't use bone marrow tests anymore because that was found to be illegal or unconstitutional or something <laughs> so that's where they developed this void comp test which is one of the really cool things about Blade Runner in general where you ask a series of questions that are supposed to elicit an emotional response and androids can't have the right emotional response to those questions and that's how you tell so you've got these bounty hunters running around which is what Rick is who is trying to catch these androids he runs into like the leader of the company and rachel's his niece in the book and so the leader of the company tries to blackmail deckard because deckard uses the test on rachel and rachel tests positive after you know a long barrage of tests so the the leader of the company is saying your test is wrong you've killed you might have killed actual people because of your test is wrong so deckard realizes that eventually that uh, she's actually an android but they were both being i i think in the book actually she knew that she was an android but they were both being coy about it rather than in the movie where she finds out through this but i could be wrong about that because later she's pretty upset about the whole thing <laughs> And they've got the whole animal. Another really cool aspect is the animal thing where animals are extremely rare and it's a major status symbol to have a real animal, any kind of real animal. And it comes up later where there's a, a rare spider that the androids kill at some point. So most people can only get robots and that makes it into the movie, of course. But that's a really cool sci-fi idea. And there's this mercerism that doesn't make it into the movie, but it's like a kind of religiosity, future religiosity. There's apparently a war too that set up all this stuff but we don't know much about it or who won or anything like that but mercerism is people use these empathy boxes and they're supposed to use them to feel all the collective suffering they enter like this virtual reality and feel the collective suffering of all the people and wilbur mercer is supposed to be this kind of martyr who eternally climbs up a hill while being struck by stones but it turns out later that this is all complete bs and uh it's supposed to be an important upheaval in society and significant turn 
when it comes to the character and society in general. So the story is he's going around trying to find these androids that have escaped and there's this one group in particular so this makes it into the movie. But there's this weird thing where there's a separate android police station and the police officers in the station don't know that they're androids or at least some of them don't and Deckard gets taken to there instead of the real police station that's right across the way or something. It's this was, It was a really goofy storytelling part that just didn't make a whole lot of sense. But okay, so here are a couple of quotes just so you can get an idea of it and then I'll go into my analysis. The opening line, a merry little surge of electricity piped by automatic alarm from the mood organ beside his bed awaken Rick Deckard. So it's a pretty straightforward opening as the first line, like I said. It's not thematic. It doesn't have <laughs> much significance. It's just, here's an introduction to this thing. Another quote to get an idea of some of the aspect of the writing style. Quote, the morning air spilling over with radioactive motes, gray and sun, beclouding, belched about him, haunting his nose. Phi sniffed involuntarily the taint of death. Well, that was too strong a description for it. He decided as he made his way to the particular plot of sod, which he owned along with the unduly large apartment below. End quote. So, into my analysis, I don't like the writing style. I think it's mostly generic and not very good in general. I actually read this a while ago, but I keep using that as a defense. It's not a defense, but... (laughs) There's just not much when it comes to real creativity or when it comes to the characters or structures or themes, working themes in, or using language in a poetic way or something. It's just, there's really not much to it. And the real meat of the story are all the the tent poles that I talked about before, all those ideas about the sci-fi ideas that are really cool. I mean, those are the things that really stand out. But I don't think the thematics are really worked out in any significant way. I actually, I heard that he actually wrote it in like a week under strict time pressure. So this is something he just banged out really quickly and got it across. Of course, it spawned two really big movies and I don't know how much of the story versus like the punk aspect of the Blade Runner movies is what made it into culture, really permeated culture. But I mean, this is a guy in a week just being like, bam, 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 yeah, this is okay, do this. And there are a lot of really cool ideas in this. So that's impressive on its own. But it's really a lot like George Lucas with the Star Wars movies where he can develop really cool macro ideas, but he's kind of not great at all and pretty terrible at the micro aspects of putting characters and plot structure and stories together and all that sort of thing. There are a lot of cliches, uh, you know, where you end up with the male protagonist with a couple of females, doting females around. I mean, Rachel can't really be called doting, but she's the dangerous female, you know, the new interest. And that's one of the, that triangle is a real cliche where you have the doting wife at home and then the dangerous girl who you run into or the doting wife who is killed (laughs) and so you're supposed to be avenging her but you just run into the more interesting dangerous adventurous girl along the way it's that kind of triangle is really cliche but like the the female characters are really shallow i mean rachel she's an android she mostly just kind of goes crazy and they're like when you see scenes with them there's something really off about them and the women are really often described in just physical terms, like physical assessment terms of their attractiveness, which this was late 
late 60s. And I generally, I don't have a problem with objectifying anybody, but <laughs> I do have a problem when it makes it for superficial characters. That's the issue. And most of the women, they just seem, they're really, they're described in these ways. You know, a lot of breast talk and, again, don't generally have a problem with that, but they've got to be complex characters. There's got to be something else going on there, or some use or need for describing their breasts or whatever. <laughs> There's got to be or something thematic about it or something like that. So, and it seems like all the thematics are just kind of tossed in because there wasn't enough time to develop this stuff, really. There are things like you can use the empathy box to make yourself feel different ways or you use the mood organ to make yourself feel different ways, but nobody seems to really like it. So that's something like out of Brave New World where it doesn't satisfy you even though it should. And Mercer is this Christ-like figure. You know, he's supposed to be this kind of martyr figure. We learn on at the end that he's a fraud. We learn on TV on the Buster Friendly show or whatever. And it's supposed to be this big deal, but I don't really see the thematics that make it significant or what it really means when it comes to a broader idea about the story. Deckard, at the end, he thinks he finds a real frog, but when he finds a frog, he gets like hit with a bunch of rocks, so it's symbolic of the, the Mercer Christ-like figure. And then later takes his frog home to his wife, and it turns out the frog is fake. So it could just be the thematic of, oh, look, Mercer turned out to be fake, and so is your frog that you thought was real turned out to be fake, so all this stuff is fake. But there's not, I don't know, there's not much to it. And then Rachel kills his really expensive goat. He bought a real goat, and, and she kills it. Thematically, I don't know what the significance of this stuff is, and I didn't have much of an interest to try to puzzle it out, because I don't think there's much complexity that was actually built into much of it. I think the writer really was just trying to make a cool story, and then added some stuff on the surface, you know, like a seasoning, and and just kind of left it like that. So all the cool ideas that came out of it, they're the things that ended up in the movie, and ended up being part of the culture, and all this rest of the stuff, it just, the writer doesn't really have the skill or interest that it would take to really weave these thematics into a full narrative that you see in, in other works of literature. So you take it for what it is and you move on from there. It's a weird name for the book too. I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> so, but that's that. I, I mean, I generally just didn't like it very much at all. The value of it was mostly just seeing where the ideas for Blade Runner came from. And yeah, the, the Sebastian guys, so the, they're supposed to be specials. People with intellectual impairments and that kind of thing are considered specials in the book world. And he befriends the android, so that makes it into the movie too. So there, there are a bunch of kind of plot structural things that do end up, because Philip K. Dick, I think he just has uh, an instinct for things that make sense, you know, in a new world. So that stuff makes sense, and that stuff's good, but a lot of, like I said, all the micro stuff just it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good at all, and it's not really necessary to read this particular book. So, anyway, I am actually looking forward to very much reading some other Philip K. Dick stuff, maybe some short stories or something like that, just to see the imagination at work and see what he comes up with. And I know most of his stuff ends up a movie anyway. Was it Scanner Darkly? And I'm sure all sorts of other ones. So I'm looking forward to that. And otherwise, we'll be looking at some other stuff coming up here. I'm finishing up some books in tandem, so I'll have a couple <laughs> backlog to be able to do it. And then we'll go on from there. All right, thank you. Bye. <laughs>